your first round of goals will change if you stay in the game long enough and they'll probably get bigger, which that right there speaks to the fact that you're going to get better. So things will seem more possible eventually. So you, you got to look for those little nuances of like, ask yourself the question, is this person really lifting me up constantly or are they kind of gut checking me a little? Are they constantly like picking on little things? Are they, and your, your intuition knows. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. If you don't have anyone in your corner who believes in you, do you still look for them? I saw this uh, message come through, this question come through, and I know who it was from. And this is wonderful for me because I can answer it in a very specific fashion. So this is what you do. You ask somebody that you want to help you, like just have the courage to ask. This person is a podcaster and this person is a wonderful podcaster who is very early in the journey. If this person just asked me and said, hey, Kev, would you mentor me as a podcaster? I would 100% say yes. I've actually been thinking about that. So I think that we all have somebody. It might seem like it's a long reach. Have the courage to ask and find a way to make it a win-win, whatever that looks like. And if the person is heart-driven and character-driven and they want to give back, they'll say yes. I had a client recently. I was on the phone with her and she said, Alan, I feel bad because I'm not as next level as your other clients. And I said, you don't need to be a global multi-million dollar business owner to be my client. I'm not looking at just that. I'm looking at your heart and your intentions. And this person, I told her legitimately, I said, you're more aligned as a client than some of my other clients to be completely transparent because of your heart. And so, yeah, you have to have the courage to ask and, and make sure it's someone who knows what they're talking about, who has integrity and who is heart driven and who has a servant's heart. That's one of my main core values, uh, wants to serve and you're going to be, you're going to be great. And at, at very least the worst case scenario is they say no and they, they say, no, thank you. No, but thank you for asking. Thank you for, for making me feel good about my guidance. How do you optimize your routine when you're including others that don't have a regular daily routine? Great question. question. Alan heard optimize. He's, he's in. Pumped. Uh, it's very challenging. And don't let that stop you from optimizing what you can. Emilia has a nine to five full-time job for a company called Alchemies. They're a global pharmaceutical company. And we have a business together. And then she has a business called Evolve Ventures and a podcast as well. And it's been challenging for us to integrate our lives. And as a matter of fact, this I'll use this as an example. So we have a relationship talks coaching client that has to move this week. And I texted her today saying, I have a more flexible schedule than you do currently. So I'll follow your lead. Please let me know when you're available and then I'll make it work. I think that's what it is, is you, you have to figure out who has the more rigid schedule and who has the more flexible schedule and then integrate accordingly. 
Yeah, and I would say get clear on what your deal breakers are if you have them. When Taryn and I were talking about going to the to the gym for a while, there's a free gym that comes with our complex. And I said, babe, I that's just not a line for me. The number one, it's too small. They don't have the equipment I want. I said, I'll just pay for your membership and then you can come to the gym with me. That was step one. And then it was, okay, when do we go? She doesn't, she's not going to want to get up and go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning. Completely understandable. So now I get up at 4.30, I work until 5.30, and then we go to the gym around 6.15. So those were all aligned for me. So I would say, what is the drive to five? And do you have any non-negotiables? Is this a deal breaker where it's, I, I can't go because of this? And then you just have to be honest and transparent and have a drive to five, maybe potentially uncomfortable conversation. Kev, they didn't have the 20 pound dumbbells you needed? Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I knew Amy would laugh at that. That's they awesome. only they only had one squat rack. You know, like what what are we doing here? No, I'm just messing with you. Um, I have to say this real quick before we move to the next question, Aim. So optimize align and erudite. Kevin just mentioned aligning with someone. So alignment is the goal. Optimization is and erudite is how you do that. And for those of you who don't know what erudite means, it Please. means learning, being obsessed with learning. So alignment is first then you optimize in alignment and then you use what you've learned in order to do it that's why those are our three is because each one feeds each other and so hopefully that will help in this analogy as well and yes kev i'm glad that you got your 20 pound dumbbell thank you i appreciate that i'm gonna be using (laughs) erudite that'll be in my vocabulary my vernacular by this time next week. full disclosure kevin is stronger than me i'm just joking thank you thank you thank you (laughs) of course appreciate that What do you do when you have an exciting vision, but your self-belief is so low that goal setting, that goal setting leads to so much negativity? I, I'm going to use a cop out here. I am. I think you got to hire a coach and this is the, or find somebody who has more belief than you, but it's hard because that's not always super reliable. If you can't find a coach, find a mentor. And, And this is why. Yes, I'm at the point now where I could say, yeah, I have enough belief to do this and and now my confidence is the highest it's ever been. But I had somebody in my corner every step of the way in the beginning and Alan, you know, before, this was before Taryn, this was before other friends believed in what I was doing necessarily. I would say that. I would say hire somebody. I know it's a cop-out and I know it's not available to all people, but you need somebody in your corner who has done what you want to do to show you that you're probably more capable than you believe. One thing Alan has done really well for me is he showed me the ceiling as well as the floor. And I'm always searching for context. How many podcasts are there? There's whatever I said earlier, 1.9, whatever it was, right? Okay, cool. How many of them have as many downloads as us? I need to know what's what. Find somebody in your life who can show you the the ceiling and show you the floor consistently. And sometimes you got to pay or you have to have an exchange. What's a win-win? I'll promote you and you coach me or whatever it may be. I'll do some work for you. I'll intern for you, whatever it may be. If you have someone out there who you know is playing at another level, you've got to reach out and ask them to be a mentor, ask them to be a coach. And it requires a level of humility and self-belief simultaneously. So in the drive to five, for those of you who are new listeners, it's some people are puffer fish, which is they have higher self-worth than they deserve based on real merit. These are the people that, that aren't in shape, but think they're in great shape. 
And then there's some people who have lower self-worth than they're actually in great shape, but they don't think they look good. And I've seen both ends of the spectrum and I've been both ends of the spectrum. So I'm guilty of that too. We try to live in the truth. And if you're at five, it means that you're humble, but you're also confident. The, the low end of drive to five doesn't believe they deserve a mentor or they're too scared to get one or a coach. The high end of drive to five doesn't believe they need a coach, doesn't believe they need a mentor. I'm telling you right now, if you're early in your journey and you're in your like early 20s or late 20s even, other people that are more successful than you, they they know things you don't and they're working, they're doing things you're not. They know things you don't and they're doing things you're not, most likely. And even if that's not true, you gotta go find out. For me, a lot of my mentors and coaches taught me what I actually know and that I actually have some virtues that they might not possess. Either way, you're gonna learn something. I'm with Kevin. Whether it's a cop-out or not, it's not. Uh, Kevin and I, if we coached ourselves, we would have achieved without question what we've achieved in the last five years, it would have taken us two, if not less than that. And real quick, because I know I, I want to make sure I answer the question as specifically as possible. Real quick. If you have a low level of self-belief, you're probably not somebody who's super visionary. So your goals are going to change. You you get drafts of goals. My first goals were not what they are today. They were They are way different than they ever were because I stayed in the game long enough to realize, oh, you know what? I actually am better than I thought or are. This is actually an opportunity that I never expected. So understand that your first round of goals will change if you stay in the game long enough and they'll probably get bigger, which that right there speaks to the fact that you're going to get better. So things will seem more possible eventually. Hello, this is Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and we are well into 2022. And maybe you are not willing to have a repeat of the last two years. Or perhaps you've had an inkling for quite some time that you are destined for something greater than what you're experiencing in your reality right now. Maybe it's your business or your work, and you know that there's greater value and impact that you can have in your community. Or maybe it's love and connection that's been eluding you. Or perhaps it's your health and wellness and you know that you can feel better, do better than this. Well, join us at Next Level Live, March 26th, a full day immersion with experts in their field to help guide you on how to bring your life to the next level. Looking forward to seeing you there. How do you know if someone truly has your best interest in mind? Do they, uh, your intuition knows and your intuition is trying to tell you and you don't want to admit it because then you'd have to do something about it. Uh, to bring this more practical, they unintentionally make you feel smaller. They do what I refer to as a kidney punch. So whenever you're you're leaning into your genius zone, it makes other people insecure. So they tend to want to knock you down a peg. There's two types of people. There's people who believe they can build the biggest building and they want other people to come with them to build buildings. And then there's other people who deep, 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 <laughs> deep down don't believe in their own ability to build a big building. So they have to tear everyone else's buildings down. But what's really scary is that the people who have the lowest self-belief and self-worth deep, deep, deep down actually look confident. There's, there's a direct correlation and I've got stats to show this, but there's a big correlation between someone having an inflated self-worth 
and someone having low self-belief. So, so th- everyone think of that person in high school that just thought the world of themselves. They thought they were awesome. They, they, they didn't even work that hard. They're not hardworking. They, they, they almost think it's cool to like be, to not give a shit. Okay. They think it's cool to not care. That person most likely is the type of person that later in life wants to hang on to that identity. Maybe they were a star athlete or maybe they were naturally competent or gifted or maybe they hit puberty young. But later in life, it wasn't real merit or work ethic that brought that value. And so now they have to tear other people down because they don't believe in their own abilities deep down. So it gets really esoteric. But the way you know is, are they tearing people down or lifting people up? I have one friend who is in unreasonably good shape. His name's Nick, and he looks like a goddamn superhero. I mean, he is crushing it. And I witness other people make him feel bad about him going to the gym so often. They can't give him credit for that. Because they are so insecure about their own physiques. I went to the gym and I was like, oh my God, man. Like you are crushing it. You look like you're straight out of a comic book. And he got so excited because no one gives him that. He's worked for decades for that. Just give it to him. Like you got the trophy, man. Keep it up. But that's also because I believe in myself. And because I feel like I'm in shape too. And I've always been someone who puts wind into people's sails. So um, that's what I try to do. I try to highlight the best in people. But not everyone's going to do that. So you, you got to look for those little nuances of like, ask yourself the question. Is this person really lifting me up constantly? Or are they kind of gut checking me a little? Are they constantly like picking on little things? Are they, and your your intuition knows. I would say, look at the, look at the track record there was somebody in my past, I was dating somebody in the past, and it was very clear to me that this person wanted what was best for me, but had no idea what it actually was. And I could tell by the answers I got, and then I started to look at like, okay, what's the track record? Why are you doing this? What is the whole point of this? It became very clear to me pretty quickly that that wasn't going to work and that advice wasn't sound. And going to what Alan said, I think intuitively you can feel the difference between a scarce piece of advice and an abundant piece of advice. And if somebody is trying to hold you back because they're afraid to lose you, my Wi-Fi is jeffing, but then it's probably not great advice. Why are people scared to take ownership and how can we better take ownership? People are scared to take ownership because once you admit and that it's your responsibility, then you have to do something about it. We all have a defense mechanism where it's easier to excuse things away and to blame things outside of ourselves because it it relinquishes responsibility and it relinquishes the need to do something about it. I've told Kevin this before and I, I, I try to articulate this for people. I want you to imagine a world where you really did like sincerely believe that you could do anything you set your mind to given enough time. Okay. Within reason, of course, you're not going to beat LeBron at basketball. That's the example I give, but because you're not six, eight, 225 pounds, right? But you could still imagine a world where you really believed in your own abilities. Like, really? Okay, now everything becomes an option. Do you see how overwhelming that can get? There is a dark side to believing in yourself that a lot of people don't understand. And it it comes with an unbelievable amount of responsibility. When you know that you know that you know that you know that you could create a podcast that could change the world and then don't, Do you see how much pain that could put you in when you know what you're capable of? It is a heavy burden of responsibility. It's much easier to just say, ah, it wouldn't work out anyway. 
See, when, it's, when you say it wouldn't work out anyway, you don't even have to try. And you don't have to go face all the mirrors. You don't have to have the difficult conversations. You don't have to hire a coach with money. And you don't have to look and ask mentors questions. You don't have to put yourself down a peg. You don't have to work hard and get up early, stay up late. You don't have to try. It, it's so much easier to just pretend it's not possible than to actually give everything you've got and then maybe still fail anyway. Give me a thumbs up on my Wi-Fi. Is it how bad is it jeffing out of ten right now? Audio, you're great, but it is jeffing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rock. Amy, was the question why is it hard for people to take ownership? Yeah, and how can losing, we better take ownership? I was losing my mind because my Wi-Fi was jeffing. Uh, it's hard to take ownership because it sucks. It, it's <laughs> it when you feel bad about yourself. I think a lot of people internalize that, and that is that's been the biggest shift for me today. When Alan and I were talking about my emails, there was a part of me like, dude, f you, man. Like, <laughs> F you, I know you have six emails in your inbox. Like, F you, I don't, like, good for you, man. And, but it's because I, now, and again, old version of Kevin would have stayed there. Now I'm able to separate and say, that doesn't mean you're bad, Kevin. It doesn't mean you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that you suck. It just means that there's some work to do in that arena. I think that people struggle with taking ownership because when they own it, they think they become it. And that just isn't true. That's not true. It doesn't have to be that. Again, when you make a mistake, if you don't own it, you cannot fix it. If you deny, like if I said to Alan, Alan, my email hygiene's fine. I'm not going to make any improvements and I'm not going to get the results I want eventually. So taking ownership sucks. It's, it's very uncomfortable. It requires you to check in with yourself and your self-worth, but you have to separate the feedback from the ownership and the activity in the experience of the ownership and you. You are not your experiences. You're not your performances. Like there is way more to you than that. We gotta go. We gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Next level nation, as you can see below, our next monthly live virtual meetup. Alan made me write all those words because I was missing one. Creating financial abundance, February 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Alan and I, Again, we're both six-figure earners in our mid-20s doing things that weren't necessarily the most aligned or the things that we loved. We both decided to be broke so we could do this entrepreneurial thing, and now we are making more money than we ever have and or ever had and on a trajectory to make way, 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 way more. It's a, it's a fundamental there are strategies around it. Alan and I are going to teach you that. And again, it's completely behind the scenes in Zoom. You can ask us questions. It's not going to be recorded. It's a workshop where we are teaching and there is total privacy. You don't have to have your camera on if you don't want. Please join us February 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a taboo talk topic and maybe we would have mastered it more if it wasn't so taboo. Private, vulnerable, honest mm. conversation with people who sincerely want to get better. It is a skill. Kevin and I grew up broke. Um, I actually, you know, when my stepdad was around, we had a high income, then he left. And then we had a very, very low income. Then I ended up with a high income and then we did it all over again. And so it is a skill. It is a method. It is a strategy. It is repeatable. It is a fundamental just like fitness. And so please come learn. Also next level live. If you find yourself out there in lonely land saying none of my friends, none of my family get it. I want to achieve more. I know I'm capable of more you need to get around more next level people. Next level live, join us, four speakers, half a day, eight to noon, $97 per ticket, only 50 tickets. 
We've co-hosted three events in the past, and we've had countless people say that it changed their life and their trajectory forever. Imagine this live podcast is the difference between watching your favorite song on YouTube versus being at the concert. This is the concert. Please join us March 26th, and the link will be in the show notes and or, Aim, can you please put the link in the comments? I put the link to the monthly virtual event in the comments. We got links on links. Let's do let's do both. You we want me to two. do both? Please, please. We have too many. That's on again. That's do on us. We Jeff. And also, if you're watching or listening, this is the first of many of these events. So imagine saying in ten years when we have done I don't know four a year times ten forty something of these something like that. A lot mm-hmm. of them that you were at the very first one. You will build relationships with people, and you will have these people and these lessons for a lifetime. As always. We love you. We appreciate you. Grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, Amy, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid and Alan is at Lazarus 88 Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.